This podcast contains explicit language. Please be advised. This episode was recorded on Friday, April 7th, 2017. Hi, this is Evan Richter, co-founder of the Real Discussions podcast. Joe and I would like to thank you for tuning in to our very first episode. We are not experts. We are three average Americans with a podcast and opinions. Keep in mind that anything we say may or may not be factually accurate. But we try. So with all that in mind, hopefully enjoy our first episode. And thank you. Hello, and welcome to our episode of Real Discussions. I'm your host, Joe Matthews. With, with me tonight is co-host Evan Richter. How's it going? And co-host Kyle Zober. Can you be helped? Wait, what? Uh, all right, whatever. All right, I can't believe you two. All right, so moving on to our first topic tonight is the Senate confirmation of the Supreme Court pick, Neil Gorsuch. Oh, boy. This is a doozy. So, um, so yeah, where do you begin on this story? Well, I think the first topic that we can discuss is the Republicans use of the so-called nuclear option. I mean, this is something that's gone on for, you know, this is a story that's been going on for a while. There's been a lot of speculation and today it just happened. I got, I got the notification down. I'm like, Oh, actually, it actually happened. I actually get a text message from Evan a little while afterwards going, your buddy Joe Manchin was among the, the three Democrats who voted to confirm Gorsuch still won him on the 2020 ticket. The other, the other two, by the well, way, being Donnelly of Indiana and Heights camp of North Dakota. Yeah. So Joe, explain the 20, your 2020 ticket. We don't need to talk about right, that right now. We well, can actually I talk warned you uh, about this guy. Well, I told you. Uh, yes, you did. But we could talk about it at a later date. Okay. So we got to talk about the topic at hand about the Republicans right. use of the nuclear option, well, which our listeners, whatever, whatever listeners we have are going to be wondering about that. <laughs> yeah, I guess you'll just have to find out. Exactly. All right. So to give a quick explanation of the nuclear option back Back in 2013, President Barack Obama was trying to place his federal judge picks. Yes. And the GOP controlled Senate at the time was blocking all of them. So with what, their with the use of filibuster. Yes. And let me, uh, may I add that the at least half the times the filibuster has been used has been the GOP in the last several years. Okay, to move on from that. So basically what Harry Reid did at the time was called on a new precedent to lower the threshold from 60 votes down to a simple majority of 51. And boy, did that backfire. Yes, it did. And as Mitch McConnell or so-called that Evan says the turtle man did today. <laughs> but let me just say like actually my apologies yesterday. Sorry, Evan, for cutting you off. Okay, but this, this was immediately after like. Sorry, this was um, right before the Democrats lost power for years and years and years. The Democrats tried to push things. So they didn't get rid of the filibuster and the Republicans just abused it, abused it. And what did the Democrats do? They just said, well, the Republicans are just going to say no and they're going to block us. Why did the Democrats go nuclear all those years ago? And instead of just uh, doing it at the very end, right before the next election and a uh, whole wave of Republicans come in and huh, boy, boy, was that short sighted. Well, they constantly bring up the fact that no president is able to pick a Supreme oh, Court. Nominee. You mean the Republicans? Yes. Yes. Specifically Mitch McConnell, which we're going to get to that. Okay. In a second. Yeah. All right. So pretty much Barack Obama named a Supreme Court nominee pick last year, Merrick Garland in February. And the Ooh. Republicans basically Blocked him for 400 days. Who may I add, Merrick Garland is no progressive. 
there is no way any Democratic president would ever pick anyone more conservative than Merrick Garland. So it wasn't Merrick Garland. It was Obama that the, the Republicans, they did not respect him. They did not treat him as a legitimate president. Everything they did was to undermine Obama. And I wasn't happy with Obama's choice to nominate Merrick Garland. Of all the people he could have picked, he, he picks uh, somebody who was actually in favor of Citizens United, a, a corporatist. First, first of all, so like I, nobody was excited for Merrick Garland. I certainly wasn't. So the Republicans blocked him they, or they just wouldn't even acknowledge to have a vote, which, you know, I wasn't excited over Merrick Garland. But the Dem the Senate still had the job as described in the Constitution, to advise and consent the president's Supreme Court pick. And they just refused to do that. They refused to uphold their constitutional duty. And they made this bullshit excuse that it's not proper to do this in the final year of a president's term. And that constantly got thrown out. I've heard it so many times over the past two weeks, actually. And I'd like to say this, and I think I told both of you this over the phone, actually, repeatedly, is they're a bunch of fucking hypocrites because of the fact that if we look back in history, 1988, February, in and around the same time that Barack Obama put forward Judge Garland, Ronald Reagan puts forward Justice Kennedy. Right. During the final year of his term. Yes. And or in an election year. And it went through anyway. But then again, Kennedy was a good pick, as we all know. But, but, like, but what, how, how does that mean anything? An election year? So what? He's still the president. I mean, just because the election was so partisan and so hyper distracting that it was all we ever talked about. How does that change the legitimacy of the president? Obama was still the president. There wasn't a successor elected. He still had every right to do what the Constitution mandate of him and so did the senate and their excuse was so transparently bullshit I, I, it enraged me and democrats are enraged too but they they didn't fight about it. they just assumed that a democrat would be would go in evan i'm actually gonna cut you off because i'm gonna say this and this is from general opinion kyle if you want to weigh on this but i guarantee you if hillary would have won the election the republicans sure shit would have put forward merrick garland in seconds actually they wouldn't some some Republicans vowed that they would never vote a Supreme Court pick of the of the Hillary picked. I mean, maybe it's hard to tell, but they might they might have just kept that going, kept the Supreme Court vacant as long as it took. What's stopping them? Plenty of things more like a pissed off constituency or whatever. But, but do you see people pissed off? Where's the where the protest? Where's the vote voice opposition? And the thing is, like. It's Merrick Garland. Like, meh, he wasn't a progressive. He wasn't going to change the Supreme Court. He wasn't going to fight for for progressive causes and, you know, support getting money out of politics. Repeal Citizens United. Uh, sorry, I'm not sure if repeal is the right word, but you know what I mean. Overturn. Overturn. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. He wasn't going to do that. So what was the big deal? Now, the now with Neil Gorsuch, we could get into him, but... He's a disastrous choice. Well, I, I honestly and I, I don't Kyle. really consider it a disastrous choice. I'm not a fan of him either. But at worst, it's just like having Scalia in there and but, nothing okay, changed. Here's the thing. You're treating Scalia like normal. Scalia was a fringe extremist. And this guy is even more 
extreme. This guy, see, the thing is, it's not just a that he's conservative, which he certainly is. He doesn't have empathy. He doesn't understand human decency. You, you all know about the frozen trucker case, right? Not entirely. Did, didn't you hear Al Franken talk about it during the hearing? I didn't watch all the hearings. I was too busy. Well, it's a that's a highlight of it, and it's something you should know about. So I'll just summarize it. Essentially, there was, uh, I mean, I, I guess a lot of you, if you're uh, really into politics, you probably just... Or you, you probably heard the story if you've watched the news. But so basically there was a trucker and it was cold. It was 14 degrees below zero. And his brakes in the trailer were uh, they were frozen. So he couldn't drive the trailer safely. So he pulled over. But the heat in his truck in the cab wasn't working. So he was getting cold and he called the company. They told him to uh, just wait by the trucks. Help will be on the way. Hours came by. Help never came. Um, he called again. They said, help's on the way. Just don't leave the truck. Stay right there. And, you know, he couldn't do anything. He, he was freezing. Eventually, he fell asleep. He, um, his cousin called him. He was concerned. And the trucker, he was slurring his speech. He was not thinking clearly. He was suffering from hypothermia. And the, the truck company still wanted to, uh, still wanted him to be there. They didn't want him to abandon the truck. He couldn't. So he had two he had two options for them to do either stay with the truck and possibly die or drive with the trailer behind this frozen really slow on a highway and which is unsafe and that could potentially kill someone else. So what he did was he unhitched the trailer and then drove the cab part of the truck, uh, you know, safely and he survived. And then the company fired him because he left the trailer behind and. Neil Gorsuch, he sees the law in black and white. He's like, well, the, the law, you know, the law say that, you know, he had he was uh, obligated to stay by the truck and the company had a legal right to fire him. So he just doesn't get, give a shit. He doesn't care. He fails to understand decent empathy and he'll just favor the corporation over the person. And, you know, we've been seeing a lot of that in politics, but this guy just takes it to a whole new level. He's a monster. So this is a disaster. And now this guy's confirmed and we're going to be stuck with this guy for the next 30, 40 years. Yeah. We're stuck with this guy. Kyle, do you have anything to say? Like I said, not a fan of him either, but all, all in all just means everything. Things are the same. Yeah. Well, I, I think the thing we really need to work, the thing we honestly really need to worry about is the next one to go. I'm, I'm outraged. I, I can't. We can't just look at this as business as usual. Well, the Republicans, they just did this and it's OK. It's just I didn't say it was OK. I just said it is what it is. Well, the, but the, the, but we have a right to be outraged like the Repub the Republicans just they stole this. It wasn't fair. They clearly disregarded the rules, but, you know, let alone just changing the rules of the Senate. They clearly violated the Constitution and they just got away with it. And I am outraged. I'm so glad that the Democrats in the Senate actually stood up and filibustered. Joe, you weren't agreeing with that. You, Wait, you, were, afraid, no. you were afraid of the nuclear option. No, well, you did have this it. position. I didn't I, I didn't agree with it. I think they should have saved it for the next judge that went. See, now I disagree. <laughs> Even though they went nuclear and all that stuff. What the hell is the point of having a filibuster if the other side's not going to let you use it. You got to pick and choose your battles, no, dude. No, well, no. Well, time out, time they're out. They're not going to let you use it. Before this turns into a fucking battlefield, oh here's the deal with this whole filibuster and the nuclear option. No matter what, they were going to use it, either this pick or the next. Yeah. 
no matter what. So what we really do have to worry is about is who retires next or who passes away next and because we're thing. screwed. The Republicans, they used to love the filibuster. Oh, it's a they, they would say it's a sacred order of it's a sacred tradition of the Senate. They didn't want to get rid of it. It was great. How about, how about uh, John McCain earlier this week saying you have to be an idiot to get rid of it? Now, look. Oh, he's an I guess he's an idiot because he got rid of it. Well, yeah, I mean, we could always talk it's, about it's blatant. Well, it, at least they didn't touch filibustering for legislation, because we know if that happens, well, th th that'll backfire on them whenever the Democrats become in power again. The minority power party will have no power, but it does set a dangerous precedent. And, you know, when Harry Reid did it before, that was a mistake. It came back to bite him in the ass. It certainly did. And you know when Mitch McConnell uh, voted for this, he used that as precedent. So that was a bad move. But. You know, the Republicans are certainly they're, they're certainly far from innocent on this. And th See, they're killing of the filibuster here. This is on them. All right. I have to say this and I'm going to weigh into this and I need Kyle to join in on this. Actually, I need both of you is I, I've been discussing this wholeheartedly over the past week is the GOP in general. They're a bunch of hypocrites. They really are. I mean, they talk all this time about traditions, et cetera. And then they go ahead and do this. They don't give a shit. They get money from their donors and they do what the donors want. That's all they care about. They don't give a damn about the people they're supposed to represent. Well, I mean, because that's actually your your talk of money in politics, which I have a feeling you're going into. I mean, we I'm segueing into this right now, which is basically the whole thing about money in politics, corporate Democrats, corporate Republicans, et cetera. And actually the fact that you accused me of being one of them the other night. You tend to side with them on a lot of issues. You tend to give them a lot more leniency than they deserve. You were, yeah, you wanted to, you voted for Hillary Clinton. Okay, your 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 pick for your your pick for the ultimate presidential bid for 2020 would be Elizabeth Warren on the top, which I'm I did totally not fine with. No, no, and as her running mate, Joe Manchin. I did not say Elizabeth Warren. You had that one wrong. No, he's no. You're right. He you're you're right. He wanted Joe Manchin at the top of the ticket. No. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, my God. You guys oh, are both fucking look, stupid. He um, is. A, he's a Republican time in out, a, with a time out, dino. To his name. Time out. He's a dino. Yeah, Ta thank time you. out. First, I said I wanted Tulsi Gabbard at the top of the ticket with Joe Manchin as vice president. You know, I, I stand corrected. You did say Tulsi Gabbard, which I actually like. Sorry, you were completely right. I thought it was a boring because that's the common, a more common answer. OK, you were right. You said Tulsi Gabbard. I, she was a woman. I confused like them. I said, I, uh, so, oh wait, I made a mistake. I like that. That got me excited. One from Hawaii. Uh, one from Hawaii. Right, the, Thank the, you, the representative from, from Hawaii. Okay. I, I like her. She's um, she supported Bernie in the primaries. Uh, she's very progressive. Um, I do like her. But then you said Joe Manchin on the bottom of the ticket. I'm like, fuck no. Well, right. And now, now you see. Time out. Time out. The, and I'm going to explain myself to everybody because uh, <laughs> yeah, you have some explaining to you do. Goddamn right. I do. All right. So here's my <laughs> here's my opinion. T Tulsi Gabbard, progressive thinking, Democratic. Hell yes. So here's the deal. Okay. Yes, she will appease the progressive wing of the party. Joe Manchin, while she's appeasing that. Yes, Joe Manchin is a crowd grabber for more of the moderate Rep Democrats and even possibly the moderate Republicans. No, I look at it as no, a he is not for for moderate oh, Republicans. Yes. OK, I'll let you speak for moderate for moderate Republicans and moderate and moderate to conservative Democrats. Yes. What it will be, what this whole political game at the 2020 election will be 
is who can get the number of votes the most and who can appeal to the most states possible. I mean, come on. Kyle knows a lot about this is Donald Trump, when he won the election, appealed to a lot of states that nobody thought a Republican could ever win again. Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Florida. He didn't appeal because he was moderate. No, he appealed because, okay, well, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, and Wisconsin, I think what Trump appealed to them was he promised to bring the jobs back, whereas Hillary Clinton just basically ignored them. I mean, I'm not saying it's right, whereas Florida, Florida, I can guarantee him is mainly because he vowed to get rid of all the Mexicans. But I'm not saying I agree with Trump on that, but I can understand why they voted. These people, these people, it's the last bastion that is truly okay to discriminate against because, I mean, they're poor, they're suffering, they need, they want jobs, they don't want government assistance, they're proud people that just want to, that just want to go back to work. And they are just ignored, whereas pretty much in a lot of these towns, the only places you can go work at is as the local Walmart. Okay, yes, that's a very good, uh, very good observation. Thank you, Kyle. Kyle. But Joe Manchin is a corporatist. He's not populist. He he's not moderate. And here, let me let me say this: a lot of people conflate moderate and corporatist. They're not the same thing. A corporate Democrat is not a moderate Democrat. It's a Democrat who's corrupted by corporate money. And Joe Manchin, he's barely a Democrat. He was vehemently defending Neil Gorsuch, who, as we discussed earlier is far far right you you think this guy's moderate the one thing i will give and like i said is joe manchin yes he voted yes for neil gorsuch which is a disastrous vote one reason i could say why though i can explain why there are a million choices better than joe manchin no i'm saying i'm trying to explain why joe manchin would have voted for him one reason, one reason only. What state is he from? West Virginia. Exactly. I, yeah, I know West Virginia is a very important state, but that's... He is a Democrat in a highly Republican-controlled state. that's such a shallow way to look at. You look at... Okay, he has a D next to his name. He's from West Virginia. You put it together that you way. Know. You're not looking at who he is as a person and why he does not belong in government. I think, I think one thing we can all agree with is that we should go back and follow what George Washington uh, warned against in his uh, farewell address in set in 1801. He warned against foreign entanglements, which we'll get more on that later. <laughs> and he warned spectacularly against political parties. The man was not officially part of one. And look at me. Yeah, look at it is now. No one want. No one wants to break ranks, or it could kill them. I mean, the only. We're at a point right now where even this uh, the only Republican to not vote for Gorsuch is this uh, Senator Issacon out of Georgia who abstained from voting. You think he's probably going to get a lot of flack for that? I actually didn't know about that. I'm I'm not sure why, but we should look up that. But um, I said this actually quite earlier today to Evan. That and I, I so pretty much I told Evan earlier that our age group, which everyone hates this word, millennials, oh, our age group started on that. Let's have a third party for people in our age group, 35 and younger, 18 to 35. Okay, what happens in 25 years, though, when we're all middle aged? OK, let me just I just want to say a brief thing about third parties. We should have a many party system. Sadly, 
it it hasn't worked. There's a Green Party. There's a Libertarian Party. They, they can't even participate in presidential debates. The system, it, it's like you, you need uh, tons of money just to get on a ballot, and you need to do it in every single state. The system is so rigged against third parties. And by the way, when I say system, I just mean yeah, everything. General, I mean, come on. Jill Stein was raked through the coals and stuff taken out of context. Gary Johnson was raked over coals mercilessly. The what's Aleppo thing? Name the foreign leader. Go. That all that was taken out of context. Well, we all, and Jill Stein supporters were gaslighted into thinking that she was some sort of hippie crazy person. She does come off as a little weird. Well, but like she still. But then again, she, everyone's she's, she's weird. Not, I mean, she's not. She's a doctor, not a politician. She can't. She doesn't talk smoothly. So and she'll say something, and the context will seem a little weird, and people jump on her for that. I you stand could by. Say the same thing about uh, Gary Johnson. Your well, guy, Gary Johnson. <laughs> I stand by. He's not the best candidate. I don't. Mm. I voted for him twice. Mm. I don't think he was the best candidate. Yeah, I think he was the best candidate, but not the perfect candidate. I don't agree with him on some issues. His biggest downfall was. He came off great on paper and he had the most executive experience and did a lot of great things as governor of New Mexico. His problem was he could not interview well. I, I want to say something because you literally interrupted me in the middle of a sentence before. Sorry, dude. Nope. I blame Joe because Joe gave you the cue. Yeah. And now he's giving me the fingers. The sentence I was saying was that by system, I mean, it's not part the parties are not in the Constitution. It's something that developed afterwards. And the Democrats and Republican parties weren't here for the first half of our country. It was the Federalists and the Whigs and the Democratic Republicans. Right. And they even just the evolved. Democrats and Republicans aren't even the same as they were. Oh, go, certainly. Yeah. Go back 50 years ago, whereas like pretty much everything, especially with race relations, which was switched, the Democrats or the Dixie Democrats and the Dixiecratic wing were vehemently against, whereas the Republicans prided themselves as the party of Lincoln and all that good stuff that all changed when Johnson signed the Civil Rights Act, maybe not for the best of reasons for saying a quote I'm not going to repeat here. But and look at uh, look at Eisenhower. He was a Republican and he was and he built our highways infrastructure. That's something you won't see now. Yeah. Dr. King himself was a registered Republican. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah, he was. All right. So I'm going to pose this scenario out there and I want both your opinions. I want your actual opinion on this. Am I going to give you anything less? Before, okay, before we do that, I'm j I am did just did a couple research. Johnny Ice, Senator Isakon out of Georgia, didn't vote, didn't abstain purposefully. He just wasn't there at the time. But I'm reading an article where he applaud, He was unable to attend the vote, but applauds the confirmation. So. Well, boo to him. So, boo. Wanted to clarify. He gets no credit for not voting. I run for Congress in four to six years. Some people that make donations to me. Oh, okay. I see where you're going. Some people make donations. People or? All right. So people, yes. But also, let's say, well, I, we, I live in the Philadelphia area, so Comcast makes. No. no. Immediately, no. 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 All right. I side with you 99.9% .9 on every issue except for, pretty much every issue. Except? No, no, no. I, I side with you on every issue. But okay, because, you side with me on every issue. But because Comcast donated to me, you're going to say no immediately. No. 
No, you're, you're, you're already influenced by money. You, okay, when Comcast gives you money, they're not giving you money because, hey, look, a, a, progressive, a progressive guy running. Oh, this is lovely. They just know you're not going to step on their toes. They No, they're going to give you money so that when they come to you later, they can say, hey, all that m- nice money, you, you're going you're to reelect. How about you uh, support this bill that's going to let us uh, sell your browsing history? Well, the funny part is, one, I would never accept money from them. Two, I don't think they would ever give me money because when I cancel service, I pretty much told them to go fuck themselves. <laughs> okay. Well, that was just—it's just—it's just, just, it's just an act. I know. It's just, I, oh, yeah, sorry. Same, it's, it's just an a, hypothetical. Yeah. Hypothetical anecdote. And I, I, we're all under the opinion mm-hmm. here, and I, and but, for basically taking mm-hmm. corporate money out of politics. And I just explained why. Even if you're the most progressive guy in the world, you're corrupted. It, like it doesn't if matter you, if you, if if you take their money and backstab them, they'll make your life a living hell. OK, corporations shouldn't be allowed to give money, period. And our next topic of discussion is the Syrian civil war, which in the past 24 hours, President Donald Trump has authorized the use of Tomahawk missiles at an airbase. Oh, Kyle, I'm pretty sure you have a lot to say about this. Oh, yeah. We shouldn't have gotten involved at all. And to those of you saying, well, Obama should have gotten involved years ago, he shouldn't have done that either. We need to stay out of foreign affairs unless, except for trading, unless it directly affects us or unless we're directly attacked. The last time I think we were justified in retaliation or going overseas was after 9-11. Okay, so this is a radical shift in in the president's foreign policy. Uh, he campaigned as a very isolationist president in his inauguration address. He used the phrase America first, which may I remind everyone, which I think people tend to forget, is an anti-Semitic phrase or was used in an anti-Semitic context in World War II. Well, we all know who actually probably threw that phrase in there, but hopefully he's gone soon. Oh, Steve Bannon, right? That's another that's another issue. Uh, there's so much stuff going on. It's, it's hard. It's hard to focus on. Like, everything is just. There's a barrage of everything going on. It's hard to focus on anything. But you know, back to Syria. So there was the chemical gas attack, which has been attributed to Assad. But to say that it was solely Assad or I, what happened, I, I don't know. It's pretty early. I. But th- that the idea is that Trump has seen the pictures, he's seen the horror, and now all of a sudden, it's like he has a heart. Like, he's actually horrified by something, which I didn't think he had in him. Never mind that refugees have been coming over for the past few years, and people have been killed for for a long time, and their children are dying in these airstrikes, and it's horrifying, and Obama was to blame for a lot of this as well. But Trump sees something and actually enrages him, which is something... We haven't seen before. So now he shifts his policy. He's like, oh, yeah, we're going to attack Syria now because because Assad's horrible and all that. Like he didn't think that before. But now he suddenly does. But one thing I just want to say before uh, I'll hand over the the reins of uh, speaking. <laughs> um, he's so easily incited. He's so easily manipulated. Whoever set this up did this to get a rise out of him. Clearly, he was provoked and he has no restraint. He has no thought. He has no consideration. He just goes, attack. 
and the media is praising this. Sorry, now I'm running a little bit. Me is praising this because it's get, it gets some coverage, which that's horrible. He's gotten a lot of support from establishment Republicans and Democrats, including Hillary Clinton and John McCain. A lot of people have been afraid that Trump would just go off on a war. Ironically, he was um, he campaigned as less of a hawk than Hillary. I mean, he said some pretty horrible things about torturing families. Well, you of, rightfully called her out on going voting for about pushing to go to Iraq. Yeah. At the same time, he lied about his stance on the war. Yeah, he just lied about that. But anyway, he, he's easily provoked. He incites the anger. He doesn't have a core principle. So nobody should be surprised that he's going to war. But the thing is, like, the media, the, the, the things they're saying about this is they're just praising him. Oh, he's presidential. He's mature. I, I fucking hate that word. C can we agree to ban the word presidential? Yeah. I mean, I guess it's presidential boulevard, but, you know, that's <laughs> that's the only context it should be using. But it, it's disgusting. Like he decides to kill people. And we're calling we're calling him mature and presidential and we're praising it now. It The media, they thrive on this. You know, if it bleeds, it leads. And war is an awfully bloody thing. I'm just riffing on the word presidential I mean, because it's so I being mean, abused right now. I mean, well, I know Kyle's stance on this and I, Kyle, I'd like you to speak about it is your stance on non-interventionism around the world. Right now, America's not the world's police. We, I don't think we were ever meant to be. And we just got to stop it because we have our own problems that we need to deal with that we don't deal with. I think, if anything, that's more the U.S. That's more. I think, if anything, that's more the thing for the U.N. I mean, because if that's isn't that what the think, U.N. Right? is supposed to do? Or else, if they're not doing it, then the U.N.'s pretty useless. And that my stance on the U.N. is America needs to withdraw and kick them out of New York. Uh, the term isolationism or non-interventionalism, it could mean several things. When I say non-interventionalism, I again reiterate, I don't mean isolationism. I understand that is not viable completely. We need to train, trade and do business you, are, with you, Are countries. you talking about war only? War only, yes. Okay, because there are... Many ways that we should be active in the world's affairs beyond trade. No, I just I mean trade. OK, well, then I'm going to disagree with you uh, beyond trade. There's diplomacy. There's trying to vie for peace. There's doing things, accepting refugees, uh, yeah, supporting programs that try to benefit people around the world. Those are things that we should be involved in. I live by I try I try to live by George Washington's what. What he suggested, avoiding foreign and uh, permanent foreign entanglements because it gets you into situations like this. Well, I guess we've uh, come to disagreement then. First, oh, let me just God say I, I, I am I am opposed to this attack, just to clarify. And I am opposed to fighting wars that we don't belong in in general. So in that case, I agree. I just think that in terms of peaceful diplomacy or peaceful actions that we could take in the world's affairs, I am in favor of that. I just say, unless it directly involves America, they don't need to be involved. Uh, Trump is getting, is playing the morality card now, which is something he never does. He's saying, oh, they attack children and babies and all that. This is horrible. So we attack them. So we counter killing with more killing. 
Well, like, uh, why don't we, why don't we just help these poor people who are dying by the thousands and they're fleeing and they're, they're going in boats and they're risking a, a boat capsizing the, the perilous journey to go to for a safer place. And we don't care. Like, and, and people like Trump demonize these people and he, he's, he's to the travel ban. Like there's just such a lack of empathy. Like what we like what I was saying about Neil Gorsuch, just lacking empathy, lacking uh, compassion, is sympathy, being able to see someone else, put yourself in the, their shoes, and try to make the world a better place for for someone else. See their situation, understand what they are, who they are, and try to do something. Well, I'm gonna weigh in on this, and you're both gonna disagree with me, but here we go. So President Obama, when this started to escalate, drew a line in the sand, basically saying, you use chemical weapons, you keep doing this. We're coming in after you. What happened? It further escalated. Nothing happened. We looked like a bunch of pussies. Which is why I said if he didn't say anything to begin with, none of this would be a problem. So sorry, I'm not quite as familiar with what happened, so I, I can't really fully weigh in on it. But... Threatening war is a really big thing, and you shouldn't make a threat you're not prepared to take. That said, he did. He, I do praise him for actually going through the proper channels and actually trying getting approval from Congress, and they voted it down, and he didn't do it. But isn't isn't that what the president's supposed to do? Aren't, aren't we? Aren't we? Aren't, isn't Congress supposed to declare war? Like we, we technically, technically, it's not a war yet. Technically, it's yeah, just technically. A, it's a military strike. It's, it's not an act a war. Of aggression. It, war hasn't been officially declared, but he, it's he, war. He is the commander in chief. He technically can, has the authority to do it. If he says, I want to do this, they have to abide by his orders no matter what happens. But it doesn't it doesn't make this right. Obama may throw you and follow through with it. And we and it made us look weak. Would you have supported Obama attacking Syria? If it actually turned out that they used chemical weapons? Which we'd have to prove. Remember how well, that happened? We're talking with, hypotheticals Remember here. how that happened with uh, Saddam Hussein and we accuse him of something? Yeah, and that well, we turned out not to be true. Out. And so something happens, a situation escalates, and then we're in war. And you can't go back from now that. Now back to the question. Real, you haven't answered the question. I know. You've, I was about to answer your goddamn answer, question. Answer the question. And in hypotheticals? Yes. Really? Why? Okay. People hated the Iraq Iraq war. Everybody thinks it was stupid. It was a disaster. It Why got us in this justified? situation. Sold, our soldiers are dying. And it didn't... What did it accomplish? It created a power vacuum. What if we went in and we kill Assad? ISIS would have more room to grow. Look back at World War One. There was a pact made then. It was more along the lines of... How do I say this? Pact, truce, whatever. To ban all use of chemical weapons. So, yes, you use them. We're going to spank your fucking ass for it. Okay, you're, okay, you're making this distinction. Joseph, why is it a why should America do it? Why can't why can't shouldn't the U.N. do it or another country? Why does it always have to be us? Think about that and then I'll because answer. of the military no. contractors. I want you Pardon. to. Well, other than that answer, why should it be our responsibility? Because the unfortunate part is we are the world's largest superpower. We are the big dog sitting on then top of the, the throne. We have our own UN. agenda. Then what's the point of the UN? Because isn't that supposed to be the... 
Is this, because well, they take too fucking long. I don't think we're going to get any worth this. Uh, it'd be the same thing if it would be the same thing if North Korea went into a village okay. and lined North, up. All, okay, North Korea. Let's just set the record straight. North Korea is an all talk nation. They're a bunch of buffoons. They are not going to be able to develop a missile to get here. They trust me. They those but guys they, are not even worth their time or effort. But the human rights violations that they are committing are abhor- abhorrent. Then let the UN deal with it. it same, you could say the same thing with Saudi Arabia. Horrible country, horrible oppressive regime. We don't do anything because we're their ally. Ugh, which I, it makes me so sick. Yeah, Syria. Oh, we're not. We're not. Getting, we don't have any oil deals with them. We're not getting money there. So whoa, let's attack him. If that happened in another country, if that happened in Saudi Arabia. We we wouldn't we wouldn't ever attack Saudi Arabia. So there's this uh, hypocrisy, this this double standard that we only give a damn when we don't have a vested interest in being their ally, and that makes me sick. I mean, this is just this is just an issue. Uh, I'm I'm gonna bring up the war in Yemen. Nobody knows that there's a war in Yemen. It's never talked about. It's never in the media. It's this horrible. So it's a proxy war between Saudi Arabia and Iran. They, they each support coalitions in Yemen. And we are supplying Saudi Arabia with uh, weapons. We're, we're, we're providing mid-air refueling for their bombers and we're, we're selling them the bombs. And they're using these bombs to attack civilians, uh, murder children, these horrible things. And nobody ever talks about it. I, I'm, I'm trying to provide as much context as you need. I, I know it's it's not something that a lot of people know because sadly the media never talks but, about it because it's it's not doesn't get the coverage like Syria does. But the thing is, they're still doing these horrible things, and we're complicit in this. Our own government is part of this monstrous genocide. I'm not sorry. I'm not sure if genocide is the right word, but it's mass killing. Thousands of people are dying. We're helping them. We're, we're not fighting them. We are helping them. It makes it disgusts me. It makes me so sick. And nobody talks about it. It's just buried. You're never you're not going to hear CNN talking about it. You're not going to hear, hear MSNBC about it. And fuck Fox. I'm not even going to bring them up. Yeah. But looking back at the history of the United States with all the conflicts we've been involved in in the past 30, 40 years, it's a constant thing. We do police the world. We always it's a little safer because of it. No, if anything, I think in some ways it's worse. And this is why we just need to stay out of it. And let let me let me say one thing. One thing. It's a bit of a tangent. Department of Defense. That's such a god awful name. So. uh, Such an inappropriate term. It's such so ironic. It's like it's like calling Fox News fair and balanced. The Department of Defense does anything but defend. Evan, I'm cutting you off for a minute. Now it's not fair and balanced. Now it's we tell, we display, we tell the story, you decide. Is that, is that what they say now? Yeah. Now it's you decide. Is they that what give, CNN does? No, that's what Fox News does. No, no, CNN does that. Next topic of discussion is the failed American war on drugs. <sighs> oh boy. Okay, where, where to begin? Uh, you want to talk Jeff Sessions? Uh, oh, Jeff Sessions. How marijuana about, how about, schedule yeah, one. How about yeah? How about marijuana sp- schedule one? I know you can't really discuss this because Evan, I know you've never smoked weed. I no, I have. What? Just, yeah. Well, what? First, first of all, I accidentally ate a brownie once in college, and oh, oh that 
That was that was not fun. Wait, hang and on, I hang on. When the fuck did that happen? A year or two ago. I just it's not something I do. It's just I just try once. I'm like, sure, why not? Wow. Okay, look, it doesn't matter if I've smoked it or not. I still understand the issue. Well, no, I look at it as being safer than cigarettes and look at it as a huge tax revenue. And safer than alcohol. No, but I look at it as revenue. Okay, yeah, yeah. So there is money involved too. Um, and you know, while we're on the war on drugs, we gotta talk about prison. We gotta talk about how we America is incarcerating America, the land of the free, is incarcerating a quarter of the world's population. Right now, there are more people in prison than the populations of Vermont, Wyoming, and Washington, D.C. combined. That is scary. Well, how, I, how, how can we explain this? How can we justify this? Do, does any, can, any, can anyone logically think that that enormous population deserves to be in there? That they belong in there? That we are safer with them in well, there? Well, it really comes down to mandatory minimums and who do you persecute? What what it, do it comes you, down to a lot more than that. Well, so. but those are mandatory the, minimums are horrible. The fe, the federal mandatory minimums. Well, yes, but at the same yes, time, they, how do how do you stop the how do you just stop the prison dr- dr- population of mainly drug related offenses from happening? You're saying schedule one for marijuana. Yes, that should be top. That should be at oh, the top tier. It's it's removing. higher. It's higher than cocaine and meth, which are on schedule two. Sorry, is it is it meth or coke or or co- meth heroin? Is it meth and uh, cocaine are schedule two. Heroin is schedule one. Okay. And so is crack. But mar- marijuana is just as dangerous as uh, meth. And I'm going to step in on this. According to this, actually, the more shocking thing is actually you can get a longer sentence for possessing crack than actual pure cocaine. You you can see why, right? It's pretty evident why. Well, yeah, but the, all right. So I'm going to say this. Why not just deschedule it all? So I actually want your two's opinion. Deschedule it all. Or not, yes. not exactly deschedule it all in terms. I'm okay, talking. Well, the, the scheduling's stupid. It is. But here's decriminalize. Yes. Decriminalize okay. for simple possession. You have less than this possession amount. Possession and usage. Yes. D- don't focus on here, Evan. I, I'm, a, I'm a police officer. I catch you with, let's say, two grams of blow. And so instead of sending you off to prison... I send you off to mandatory. You don't have to stay the entire time or anything. It's day to day. You go from nine to five rehab. No rehab. If you have a problem, if you smoke weed, you don't need rehab for that. No, unless you're such a stoner that you're like you have no life and you're living your mom's basement. Then I I, I don't care what anyone says. Marijuana is not addictive. I'm sorry. No, it's not. The cigarettes that I have in my pocket are way more addictive. The yes. caffeine I drink in soda and coffee yes. is more addictive. This war on drugs is ridiculous. The disparity it causes is devastating. People have their lives ruined. And by the way, it affects blacks and Latinos much more than whites. Well, th- do, who, there's no difference in how much they use it. It's just that those groups are more between how they get punished. Well, those groups are more likely to be caught for it. Some suburban white kids smoking weed. They're not going to get in trouble. But oh, some inner city black kids. I'll lock them up. Well, there are some towns outside of Philadelphia that if you get caught with weed, they send the entire fucking SWAT team. It's it's such overkill. It, 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 I, it's so hard. This is such a it's a massive topic. It's so frustrating and 
angering. Well, there's also a lot of death happening right now with heroin mainly because there's been heroin going around that's been laced with fentanyl. I, I guess you're referring to the opioid abuse problem, which people are finally waking up to. And you know, it's, it's so sad this is the case. But the reason why uh, legislators are concerned with, well, maybe we shouldn't be criminalizing drugs now. It's because, oh, these are uh, these are Republican white people who are affected. Oh, yeah, the white people. We, we got to do something about that. When it when affect uh, when affected blacks in the city, no one cared. Once again, the hypocrisy of the GOP. Yeah, they don't care about something until it affects them. And there's some GOP, uh, there's some GOP lawmakers out there. I, I forget what where this was, but some GOP lawmaker in the state. He decided to. Uh, I, I sorry, I'm trying to think about this. Oh, I think he was supporting medicinal marijuana because his son died of of an opioid overdose. So before he was against it, but because it personally affected him, he cares. So again, back to the issue that I've, I've kept bringing up throughout this podcast, it's a lack of of compassion for other people. They don't care about it until it affects themselves. It's, it's just it's selfish. Well, I, I think the first step to take and well, Mr. Sessions, our new attorney general, who's launching the new age war on drugs. Oh, he, he, uh, and hearing he, him talk know, is so infuriating. It, well, and talking about how there's no is no benefits to marijuana. Actually, it's all it's a it's the most dangerous no, drug no, no. there is. You're going to like this one. Good people don't use marijuana. Oh, Oh my God. Good people don't use marijuana. Motherfucker. I know plenty of good people that use marijuana. He, he and Jeff Sessions, who was a racist prosecutor who jailed so many people, so many minorities for possession, who, uh, Chris Scott King, she urged the Senate back in the, what was it? The eight, the eighties. Oh yeah. Didn't Elizabeth Warren tried to read that letter and then Mitch McConnell literally silenced her. Oh yeah. He told her, he told her, um, she, uh, she, she was told to not talk. Yes, she persisted. Oh, right. that, that was that was a meme that lasted about a week. No, but isn't it amazing how like there's a story pops up and then we just forget about it. No, but it's just funny how he silences her because she's offended. She is talking trash on another senator who wasn't applying for a senate job, but for the attorney general of the United States. Hypocrite. He looks like a turtle. By the way, I, I love turtles, but Mitch McConnell's evil. Kyle, could you weigh in on this war on drugs? I mean, I mean, all right. I can say this about all of us because we are brutally honest, as you've probably heard us over the past 45 minutes or so, is we've all used marijuana. We've all experimented in some way with some sort of illicit illicit drug one way or another, some more than others. You've tried it. It may not be a thing. It's been a long. I haven't used it. I haven't used it in almost six in over six years, but I've done I used it. I've done it. Honestly, I really think there's more important things we need to be spending our time and money on. And it's just been such a drain on resources and money. Just like the war on well, war. You know, I, you know, the, the wars. Well, and it's something we don't need to be spending money on. Well, Jeff Sessions, I can already say right now, is planning on going after the states that have legalized it. Oh, yeah, that's another have fun because the Republicans are always saying states rights, states rights, states rights. It's the hypocrisy. Yes. Oh, and you know what? You know what? Republicans are also always saying small government. Bullshit. Let's have smaller government. Time out. 
Time out. Let's not have the government come in and step on your toes and be an authoritarian regime. We've we've talked about this, how they always talk about basically small government, states' rights, and freedom. Oh, yeah. That's another thing. Freedom. Freedom to uh, choose between uh, healthcare companies that will both treat you like shit. Freedom to be able to pay for uh, expensive healthcare. Freedom to choose uh, food... Or your doctor. This whole war on drug things, I, it's a waste of money and a waste of time. And the number one argument I hear on the legalization of marijuana, and it is the only argument I hear, actually sometimes two arguments. So I'm going to stand above this one. Think of the children. And two, how can we control it? Oh, you forgot one. Uh, what, what about people driving while high? That's how to control well, so it. So what would Jesus do? Oh my god! And this is what I don't get: cigarettes are for the age of eighteen. Kids can still get them. There's nothing you can, uh, anyone can which really are do way about. Way worse it, for you, which are way unhealthy. I mean, I started smoking in high school. So I, I just want to point out the absurdity of criminalizing drug usage. So you're doing something to your own body, whether it's healthy or not, or whatever it is you're doing it, and it's not affecting the safety of anyone else. And we're gonna lock you up for that. What the hell? Well, and, and then you like, run, uh, like you're like you're using drugs. So you are a public safety risk to other people. And I just want to talk about prison. The reason the only thing I support prison for the only reason I think prison like, you know, incarceration, full security, all that. The only reason I think that should exist is to protect society from dangerous people. You mean violent offenders? Yes. And yes, we can rump drug dealers and drug kingpins in on that because they sure as hell deserve Which, it. Which, by the way, of course, if we legalize, they're out of a job. Well, yeah. And it's so, a better product. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Another thing. You're ensuring yeah, that the products regulate. It's safe. It's not yeah, laced not, with whatever. Yeah, there's not being cut. It's not being cut with other crap. Yeah. But, they, but here's something there, now. There, there's so many reasons for legalization or decriminalization. But now we and have. And the reasons against can easily be but argued it's i mean we're not really we can't really we're not really arguing because we're all in agreement here but no but it, but i it, can it state this one because now we have a doing but now we also have a new lobby to deal with the marijuana lobby who's going to be wanting to donate to everybody that votes in their favor which by the way um they they have a lot of trouble right now they're they're so regulated they, they can't even they're not uh because of federal laws they're not even able to borrow money from banks so they got to do everything in cash it's it's a very difficult business to run because of all these federal laws that you have to jump in around. In fact, this was all covered in the and the most recent episode of the uh, last week tonight with John Oliver. Yeah, that's, that's probably where I heard from. Yeah, yeah. But uh, what I want to say basically is, okay, so you're nonviolent, you're a drug user, we're gonna lock you up. You're actually we're gonna do something that's actually gonna possibly hurt you worse when you get the living shit beaten out of you while you're in jail by somebody or possibly raped or killed or whatever happens first. I mean, they're out of their minds. We gotta stop criminalizing these minor offenses, these things that aren't hurting anyone. And we gotta, we gotta not lock up people who, who aren't a danger to society. All right, I, I think I think we're done with this topic for now. This is all I gotta say. All right, um, Joe, you want to wrap it up? All right. Well, that about sums up our show for today. I'm your host, Joe Matthews. With me tonight was Evan Richter. Yeah. Oh, well, discussion. And Kyle Zober. Good night, everybody. Thank you for joining us, and hope to hear from you next time. <laughs>